10 inches is big. Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to House Party Protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome into another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today, once again, out for good behavior from the dungeon, is the one and only Merzane. What's happening, my guy? I've just been quiet. I guess that's good behavior. I mean... But everything's going good. That's how it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> just the, the less we hear of you, the better. <laughs> oh, no. I'm just kidding. Please. I'm just kidding. We want I feel like, I feel like you've led me on. Uh, I've led you on. How have I led you on? Because you're like, oh, you were quiet. You get to come out to record where you can't be quiet. And I'll have to throw you back in there. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, look, we we have to punish someone's takes and it's your takes that get punished. It's just how it is. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're pretty abhorrent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really what it is. The abhorrent takes. So, Merzane. This week, unfortunately, due to just my schedule and the way it all worked out, this is going to be the only show. I know I had said we were going to be trying to get a whole bunch of them out, and maybe I'll surprise someone with a Saturday show. Can't guarantee. But this week is the show for now. So we have a lot to talk about, and unfortunately, we don't have a ton of time tonight. So, Merzane... We're going to skip the pleasantries today, and I mean, honestly, I saw what you did in that corner, so there's no pleasantries to be had here in the first place, and let's just jump right in. There's nothing pleasant. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So, last week, you and I talked about Winter Soldier Operative, and I found it only fitting that we now start off our House Party Protocol Glow Up Episode 2, as I'm calling it, with Winter Soldier James Bucky Barnes, the three threat version. So Bucky here, if I'm correct, only has two changes, one small, one pretty huge. And that is first change is the small one. Let's talk about that. What is that, Mersane? Uh Red Fury went from an any size to a size three. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it makes sense. There was no reason for it to be any size. And look, that, that just fits with the rest of stuff of like human characters with like enhanced strength punching something. So to mm-hmm. me, this is a small change that won't have a major impact on how he functions on the tabletop. What about for you? I think it makes him less of a like big boy monster. There was like situations where you would hydro tactics him up and like, get within range one of a big boy and push them into a piece of terrain. So they're still within range one. So you technically get a push and you get six attacks into them with a reroll. And it was a little nuts. Uh, this mm. stops that now you can only do it to size three. That's probably fine. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be a three threat character shredding a seven, six, eight threat character. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's part of their changes to a lot of the pushes and throws to make them more in line with like, the characters and not be so much Omni. Yeah. 
No, I think that makes sense. Probably sized. Yeah. And that was one where, like, Red Fury was an attack that I personally didn't see used too terribly often in general because, like, you're forced to push them away and then make the assault rifle attack, which is great, but it doesn't allow you that follow-up unless you can just push people into something. But, you know, is what it is. Yeah. I think it could have lost a power cost, but I'm not upset with it. Yeah. No, I think that's fair, yeah. But... Speaking of changes that might be a bit more impactful, and that is what, Merzane? Uh, That his rapid fire went from a hit trigger to a wild trigger. Yeah, so this is one where I know I've been on the receiving end of more than my fair share of Bucky Barnes rapid fire attacks, and that hit trigger, I'd say, was pretty reliable. Now, granted, I've also had that happen where rolls it in doesn't get the hit trigger okay and we're gonna do it again rolls it in doesn't get the hit trigger it just be like that sometime it is a dice game after all and what do i always say dice are gonna dice so yeah but more often than not merzane that was a pretty reliable trigger wouldn't you say it was a 73 point like four something percent chance i think so So i reiterate Three quarters of the time, it worked every time. <laughs> yeah, that's about what it felt like most of the time. And what made that, I feel like, so exceptionally good was that it wasn't so much on his own turns where it was beneficial. It was the fact that once you get that three power on him, if he's within range to fire off people that are dazing your other characters, I mean, the hits just keep on coming. And so I think that was where this change needed to be made was more so not because of his own turn generating four attacks with, you know, four basic attacks, but from the out of turn, just cool. Here's four attacks into you. Okay, cool. You date somebody else. Here's four more attacks into you. Okay, cool. And four more and constantly feeling like he had the power to do that and Hydra Tactics. Right? Yeah. Yep. Just a fl- absolutely flush on it. Like, unless you were getting extremely unlucky, you were usually pretty well off, especially as the game creeped on and you were being smart with it. Exactly. Exactly. So this wild trigger on four dice, though, significant downgrade, I think, right? It went from like a 73 and some change to about a... 45 and some change. Okay, so, so from about three quarters to about a half. Close, okay. you know, not quite there, but. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of experience with Bucky from playing shield and trying to gun line and stuff like that. How do you feel like this change impacts him here? And look, I want, I want the raw Merzane on this one. Okay. So it's obviously a big downgrade. It's, it cuts off a third of his triggers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit more than a third. I think that that in most games, that extra, you know, 5% between 50 and 45 isn't super relevant. It's about 50, 50. You, you, you add in stuff like Spetsnaz training, it goes up, yada, yada. Um, I think it's fine. I think Buggy's still fine. He needed it. He's gone from the worst character in the game to the best three threat, arguably to now fair. And it feels weird having that band-aid ripped off from like best to worst. Yeah. Um, 
I think one of the things that made him so bad initially in the like early MCP era was he didn't have a home. Like he was just rogue, rogue agents weren't great. Like Taskmaster wasn't that great. You just took either of them because you needed someone. Yeah. Um, then he became the de facto three better than threes in affiliation. That was a problem. It had to get changed. Um, and now it is now the, the thing that everyone is, is upset about, obviously is that he won't rapid fire as much as other rapid fire characters. So why would you take him over other rapid fire characters? Well, the answer is he's affiliated with shield and you want him in shield or he helps you get affiliated. So that's nice. But something I yeah. think a lot of people aren't thinking about when they're talking about the odds is a lot of those other characters like range three, Moon Knight's range four with stealth. That's a little bit weird and different. Um, but he's range five. Yeah. With out of activation movement. So where everyone else, odds are they either have to use movement shenanigans to get in range or just walk into range. Winter Soldier's probably in range. Yeah. You can probably station him up somewhere and never use another move action again. So his odds are worse, but his volume of attacks are still going to be more than likely if you're using him right, higher than other uh, any of the other three threat rapid fire characters. So it probably doesn't quite balance out with the other ones. So if you're looking for pure rapid fire, that's still going to be your go-to, but he still has other things that he does. The push, the movement, the got your backs. Yeah. I still think he has a home and in shield. I think he's still fine. Like I'm, I, I'm not taking him out of my list. Now there's an argument to take taskmaster uh, in that three threat slot. And now he's not stapled into every list immediately unless it's a terrible matchup. So, and I think that's good. It's a good thing. I think it was a good change. I am happy with it. I am not coping. <laughs> this is, this is, this is, this have, is have real. You gone, no, have you gone through the five stages of, of grief yet? There, I never even had to go into the first stage. <laughs> like I saw it. I thought, well, yeah, that makes sense. That's probably fair. Yeah. I w- the the only thing I would have wished is that the bleed went to a hit trigger. Just, just swap them. That way, there's not two wild triggers, so he's not absolutely shut down by wild, uh, wild shenanigans like yeah. Modok and Black Swan and stuff. Yeah, I, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you have a lot more experience with him than I do. I mean, don't be wrong. I've played my fair share of Bucky. Played against more than my fair share of Bucky, and he was one of those characters that it's just like just put him in your list because he's going to do work once he got his rebalance, the the yep. original rebalance. And he just did work. Like, it was kind of one of those things where, oh, well, you've got three threat, and here you go. He's, he's just going to throw a ton of dice. And some places he did better than others. And I think that that's now really what it is. Instead of just Bucky slotting in and not having a downside there are at least arguments for other characters. It's, and it's the idea, I think, where if you don't like this change, I understand, but would you rather see his assault rifle go down to range four and stay like it was? I mean, I don't know if that'd be the, the appropriate fix or not, but I think this makes sense given what his kit is and what he's doing here and all of that stuff, personally. Yep. I think if you made it range four, he's, I think he is better than he is now. Um, and I think that it doesn't change a whole lot for good players positioning him. Well, he does have to be a little less safe. Um, but I think that him being a range five character is like 
we, we talked about this a little bit on our cast with uh, Vincent Kirkhoff. Like, it's part of his identity. Like, yes. obviously, the range five is what they want on him. It's not going to go away. That means they have to balance his entire kit around it, much like Cable. You know, we have struggles with Cable and mm. Hawkeye. Because um, range five is, it's a long way. Ten inches is big. Um, so, see, nope. <laughs> nope. I didn't even think about that. No, <laughs> I'm not. I can't. I can't. I can't do that. Oh, oh, oh! I just like. Did y'all feel the strain there? Did, could you feel that through the speakers? I felt it. I, like, I, I could hear it. Oh. I hear the pressure. Your blood pressure go oh, up. Oh, there was some pressure. To. All right. <laughs> okay, I got. We got to stop. We got to stop. I can't do this. Or this is gonna be the whole podcast. Oh, all right. Um, but. With with a, a range five gun, like there's a lot of give you have to you have, there's a lot of things you have to take away from him. And I I think he's fine. Knee jerk reaction is that he's terrible. I think that's false. I think he'll he won't be as splashable. That's fine again. He'll be good in places he's good. He'll yeah. still be good in shield. People will want him. The world is healing. Yeah. I, I have one more question though. And I think that this is because we've seen whiplash before with other characters that have been rebalanced that were tip of the spear amazing and then got toned into something workable and solid not insanity arguably but we we mm-hmm. so we've seen seen this happen before where a character that is literally like a1 best character in the game quote unquote depending on who you asked and they got tuned and it is rarely played and there's actually two of them in my opinion and that's medusa and enchantress those two characters i think are perfectly serviceable characters i think enchantress in our current state of mcp might be a little undertuned at this point somebody out there might not agree with me but we can talk more about that in the not too far off future when we talk about black cat, because I think that conversation is relevant. However, Medusa is a character that was on top of the world. Amazing. You know, did a lot of things, the flurry, all that stuff. Right. And now Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but she rarely sees table time. And well, I think, at least from what I see and like the conversation around her. I mean, even our resident in human hipster, Brian Freddie is like, eh, Medusa's fine. And one, I think that Brian may be insane. I love that boy. (laughs) I love that man. He might be a little insane. I mean, he has been playing in humans, so who can blame him? Right. Um, but no, I think, I think Medusa's fine. I, I don't think there's any, urge or any rush to make every character splashable like agree if if they are workable in their own affiliation it's a functioning model um and medusa is more than functional in in her affiliation doesn't fit brian freddy's play style that's fine she's still a crazy output model and a very solid option and i still think she's a good um potential threat in other ones when i was playing sentinels I wanted to take her for the, um, and I did a few times for the the Royal Decree. Oh yeah. Now it's not really power creep. It's just a little bit of, um, it's more like utility creep in my opinion that a three threat got the same ability on a different body. So 
for a cheaper cost, you can get that same functionality on a bigger uh, and on a bigger base um, for your Sentinels. But that doesn't mean she's bad in Sentinels. Yeah. It, Sentinels are bad, but that's a different story. That's a different story. Um, it's a different story. You could still take her for a lot of different reasons. And I think Bucky's similar. Like, yeah, they don't fill the exact same role they used to. That's fine. Yeah. But they have a role. Yeah. And just off the rip here, Bucky playable obviously in shield and and i want to be very clear here when i say playable i think you could literally still put bucky down on the table anywhere as a rogue agent and he'll be fine and i think that context of of this when you look at this version of winter soldier and shout out to shadow marvel for saying this he says if the previous version didn't exist what would we be saying about this character and that it's go ahead and I think that's very insightful. And and this character is very playable in his home affiliation, very playable in the new Avengers, first first Avenger Steve, all that stuff. Like very playable in a lot of places. Now it's just that door is open where characters that you might not have seen are there, right? Like so maybe the three threat that you want to put in there is Ant-Man now instead of Bucky. Maybe the three threat you want to put in there is Drax instead of Bucky. Maybe the original Human Torch is finally like, "Yo, let's party." I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to see if that works, but I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is that how you feel about it too? Like, like Shield, sure, set it, forget it. But anything else? I think, I think he, I think, I think the doors are open more so than they were on list building for a lot of reasons, not just Bucky. But Bucky was a part of it. Uh, your three threats were stifled by him. Now yeah. they're not. Yeah. Um, and so your list building options just got that much better. Yeah. Um, and now you don't have to worry about Bucky. So you don't have to have some sort of plan for when Bucky comes and shoots everyone on your team 16 times. Yep. Now you have a plan for whatever other three threats someone's bringing. Like Gwen. Gwen is crazy. And no one plays Gwen. And part of it's because Winter Soldier is better. Now people can play Gwen as a splash and that's disgusting. Mm. Or the, look, I want to keep my Gwen to myself. Okay. You got to give her everywhere. She's there's Just, two Gwens too. We have two Gwens we can talk about. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. One of them is significantly better than the other. I think. Uh, I think they're both actually pretty good. And one of them is being slept on humble opinion, but, Oh, I think they're both good. Yeah. Anyways. But one is insane. Anyways. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess one literally is insane though. True. So, like, how do you know which one we're talking about? Haha, ha, it's for the suits question. to figure out. So, the last thing I want to do before we move on to our next character, with Soldot activated, we talked about this on our last episode as it related to the operative version of Bucky. How do you feel three-threat version Bucky synergizes with this card? Is this card meant more, you think, for the four-threat version, or does three-threat Bucky make sense here? We had an interesting conversation about it on Gamers Guild with Vincent about um, he believes that the fourth threat is better because stealth. It means that you can't just shoot Bucky instead of the leader. Um, whereas this one, you know, you can just shoot you can just shoot three threat Bucky until he's dead and then shoot the leader. Yeah, and that's fine. Like that makes sense. But then I've thought about it more, and that does make sense. So maybe in that regard, it is better on that one. But that just effectively makes your Winter Soldier a bodyguard for free. And that's also fine. Like, you know, if you're shooting him rather than Red Skull or, uh, you know, Kingpin or name your other threat character, 
Yeah. If they're shooting your Bucky, then you're probably fine with that. And then also he's range five. So depending on what's shooting him, you could probably position. So they actually can't hit winter soldier. So I, while yes, if you want to get shots back with a winter soldier, it's probably better on operative, but I think it's definitely something to talk about with this one, especially because he's a rogue agent, like yeah. being able to bring sold out and rogue agent. I think there's, there's something there. Yeah. Um, definitely test it. I think it's worth trying. But they are much closer than I originally believed. I thought this one was clearly better because he could get the rapid fire. And now I'm a little bit more. I see the strength in both. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I think that there's usefulness there. Either whichever one you have. And that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to make yep. that decision point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's so. it's good to have options. It's it better that we don't have a binary game. 100%. So, speaking of options, we now have to talk about everyone's favorite vampire and vampire killer, and that is Blade, or Eric Brooks. So he got one of the smallest changes to his kit of any character in this rebalance. And that is... On Throwing Glaives, which is a physical attack, range 4, 4 dice, it still has that he gains 1 power, so still a gainer. It still has the Wild Bleed Trigger. And then it also gained a Hit Pursuit. So we've seen Pursuit before, but before damage is dealt, this character may advance toward the target character short. Everything else on this character's card is exactly the same as it always was. Yep. Merzane, you and I have both played a healthy amount of Midnight Suns and therefore mm-hmm. a healthy amount of Blade. I think this is a good change, not a great change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that it still doesn't wholly address blades overall issues on the tabletop. How do you feel about that? I think that's true. I'm in a, I feel like I'm in a minority that thinks that blade is fine. I I agree. I I don't think he needs like a total rebalance or total rework. I think a few quality of life changes fixes him. Completely agree. Bleed, Bleed being before damage is dealt. I think would be a, great change on him so he could kill someone and then heal off the vampiric immortality mm-hmm. rather than killing them and not applying the bleed i think that would be a good change mm-hmm. i think knight of the dampier being three costs instead of four would be nice i don't think it's necessary but i think it's nice i think they're a little aggressive on that because he can gain free power i think but it's more about of, the movement on knight of the dampier than anything well i think it's a little bit of both because like yeah, i fair. think it's worth three but because he can get free power from bleeds and stuff. I think they're worried it's that he'd do it too often. Yeah. So it has to be four. That's what I, that's how I think about it. That's fair. Um, Cause the only other thing he's doing is spending it on defensive stuff and shaking. And that's not super often if you're playing him well. Um, And I think with the pursuit, I would have liked to have seen it be just a pursuit. He wouldn't be the first four threat to get pursuit on a four threat range or a four die range for physical attack. 
Yeah. Cough, cough. Shadowlands, Daredevil. Um, yep. And then Rhino obviously just places within one of someone, which is a little bit better. Um, but it's fine. Uh, when you really need it, you can bats the goat ghost hound it. Bats the goat hound. <laughs> as well. <laughs> he is the say. goat. Yes. Bat is bats is you, the goat. You can bats it and get it. Um, it's also free movement on Siege of Darkness turn, which is honestly a little crazy to think about. I think um, that's where this particular change really shines is on your Siege of Darkness turn, being able to set up an opportunity, whether you're activating Blade that turn or not, putting Blade in a position to succeed in a future turn or to maybe be a little safer in a future turn is, I think, the low-key awesome thing here. For two power, he just gets to make a four-dice attack and could potentially move short off it. And he gets, he's guaranteed to get half of his power back. So it's almost like, it's almost like the Wakanda forever. It almost costs him one. Um, and then it makes Midnight Suns this crazy affiliation that can get weird stuff to happen on the siege turn. Cause you've got, you know, stun from Iron Fist. You've got pursuit and bleed on this guy. You've got something on voodoo that we won't talk about because we're going <laughs> to save that for another time. Um, you've got rapid fire on Moon Knight. You've got the throw on a mortal. Like everyone's got, everyone's starting to get a little something interesting on their attacks. Unlike Wakanda, which is mostly just pushes, which is strong, very strong, but it gives us, it gives a lot of utility, which is nice. I think it's a really good place to be in. Um, And like I said, I, I would still quality of life, a few changes that I don't think make him crazy, but I think he's fine. I think too many people want him to be an assassin or like super mobile. And I see him as like a bruiser or a brawler. He wants to go in, get into the mix with some people he can bully, lead them, hit on them a few turns, outvalue them, tie them up, and that's what he wants. And not, like, go in and kill one guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've seen incredibly high-level Blade play before. That's that's a weird way to say that. <laughs> Let's just try to say that for me. Incredibly high-level Blade play. Right. Isn't that? It's a little weird. Is that weird? Yeah. So if you're out there listening to this, just, you know, just say that and and see how that feels. Just roll that off the tongue. Speaking of rolling that off the tongue, secret code word opportunity, blade play. I, <laughs> you, you don't want to do a 10 is, is really long. <laughs> no, no, no. That's going to be for something else. Giggity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, no. So. Like, I've seen really good play from Blade where it's just like, okay, cool. You're bleeding, you're bleeding, you're bleeding. Oh, you tried to kill me. You did not succeed. Now I heal everything. And I have a bunch of power and all that stuff. And you're exactly right. Like, I think the movies kind of set us up for our expectations of Blade, which is fine. Those movies are great. Mm-hmm. But... Sorry to see him. Well, oh my God. What? This is not that podcast, but if you've never seen the first Blade movie, do yourself a favor and go watch it. I need to watch it. You're right. I like, like I'm not hating it. I just I hate that I haven't watched it. Honestly, <laughs> like what have you done for the last I think 20 years of your life? Not, not watched Blade. Yeah, and and you're all the worse for it. Anyways, I, I think a lot of our perception around the character comes from that movie in that he is an assassin, right? Like he is just you know, taking out vampires left and right. They're all just turning into smoky piles of ash and dying, and it's awesome. But in reality, in terms of the comics and what 
his role on the tabletop is is much more like focused i would say not not so much an assassin character like he can kill things if you get a, a good night of the damn fear off on someone that's bleeding it's probably dead yeah. but you know there takes a little setup it takes a little little kind of moving around and doing certain things and all that stuff and for me when i talked about what his problems were it was one his extreme vulnerability to energy attacks which i'm okay with him being vulnerable to energy it's thematic it makes sense but mm -hmm. that and for me it was his mobility and i feel like to your point if it's just a he automatically gets to choose to do a pursuit or not that's the way i would have liked to have seen this go and like we talked about, on four dice, a hit trigger is roughly 75% of the time. So not something you can necessarily bank on, but you can feel pretty good you're going to have that hit trigger. And for me, I always was like, man, if Blade could have some movement like this, like Pursuit, I think this is a great way to give him some movement. But then stealth, like that was the one thing I always wanted Blade to have was stealth because like, it's a little bit thematic. Again, the movie's not so much because he's just, you know, vampire killing awesome guy and he doesn't really, isn't subtle about it. But like in the comics, he's much more, you know, of the night. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, want to be, you want to be honest why I think he doesn't have stealth or something like what the new Nightcrawler has? What? Card space. <laughs> I mean... At they the, talk about it all the time on streams, and he's got a lot of lines of text. He does. That's fair. You'd have to remove something to add stealth. And what do you remove that makes him, like, Supernatural Senses is so cool, and Half-Blood Physiology is cool. He's got to yeah. have his leadership. Yeah. No, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it could be one like, of those I, things that's, like, on the left side over there, like, underneath his jacket. I would, <laughs> I would love if stealth moved over. Like, some of the keywords, like, charge, stealth, immunities and stuff moved over to the left side yeah i think that would be a fantastic change yeah so the next question i want to ask in regards to blade is with this change does it affect how you interact with his leadership at all um i think it means that you are more likely to be able to like go for a glaives in hit someone and move out with the bump or with the dampnir um, whereas before, or, or even both, whereas before you had to like bump in, hit maybe night out, like it gives you a little bit more options or potential options. Yeah. Um, to be able to do that. And it also can give you from a farther range, a way to like double move while also getting some attack dice out there. Yeah. Uh, not the best, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think it's, it's fun. And I think it gives him a much better objective play and not feeling like you're losing out on something. Like, the worst blade turn is the move-move blade turn. Yes, move-move bump. Right, move-move bump to get on a point. Like, don't get me wrong. This is a points-based game. You're going to have to do that sometimes. But when your four-threat leader has to move-move bump, it is the biggest feels-bad on the tabletop. And now, at least there's an opportunity to throw some dice. Yeah. And 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 there you go. So. And like I said, with bats, you can guarantee it. If you've got bats up, you need them on the point, but you also want to get a shot, you can take the risk, and you can pay the two power to 
make it not a risk if you yeah. need to. Yeah. And I also love the idea of, I play fairly aggressively at times. And so I love the idea of being able to like throwing glaives in and then get the katana and then just be like, witness me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just stand there and take it. Or even throwing glaives in, bleed someone and get Knight of the Dampier. Oh my God. Like, skip the katana altogether. Yeah. And that's if you do your, uh, your Siege of Darkness turn. Yeah. It's even better if you do your Siege of Darkness turn. Yeah. Yeah, you, exactly. could, you could do all three attacks and they all feel like they do something for you. Throwing glaives get you in, Katana sets it up, damn near knocks them down. Oh, God. Oh, man. That sounds, man, that's a dragon I will be chasing. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's all I got for Blade, but um, there's another character here, Merzane. Wow, this is, this is nice, like being focused and moving along. Like, I just don't think there's anything else to say about Blade. Do you? No, I think he's fine. I think he was fine before. This is a nice little quality of life change. Wouldn't be upset to see more. Don't think he needs it. I, yeah. I would like to see how the, and I'd like to see how the meta settles before we really decide, like, is he good or bad? Because he was being bullied out by some stuff that's no longer maybe as much of a problem. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think within Midnight Suns, obviously you're playing him because he's your leader. But his other affiliations in defenders and avengers maybe not so much avengers defenders just got really interesting with him yes they did like I think even um i think even avengers to an extent just like uh like sam avengers yeah i mean i don't hate it in, in that i think it's i think it's fine and just added mobility always good heal up a little bit always good but maybe that's the other thing to say about blade is that with the new Marvel Knights leadership blade. And like I talked about, like we talked about of like getting in, getting these bleeds on people doing stuff, getting re-rolls now when you're within two of other enemy mm -hmm. characters. Like, I think that turns blade up a notch and having this pursuit trigger here. Sure. You lose siege of darkness, which is definitely a blow to his overall value but I think being able to get in and surround yourself with people that are bleeding and potentially just put out those bleeds. And again, don't forget, Katana auto bleeds. So if you're in defenders, you want to be in range to auto bleed people. And now mm -hmm. being able to do that and and get around and, and do that stuff, I, I think that that's the sneaky great place for him right now. Yeah, and, and you don't feel as obligated to keep him safe because he's a leader. Now you can throw him up there and yes. feel better about it. Uh, yes. He can be on the front lines next to daredevil and it feels great. Right. And again, like in terms of his, his defensive abilities, supernatural senses is an incredible defensive ability. As long as you're not playing into high energy teams. I mean, you don't want to throw him in there versus guardians, but you know what? Against an Avengers against whatever other physical, you know, brotherhood, team whatever insert physical team or mystic or mystic exactly like that's 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 good stuff well also in defenders you have luke cage who is a really good option to go in on the energy guys that threaten him and say hey you want to attack blade well you got to attack me first yep got to get through me and that's another layer of defense for him yeah yeah i actually really think it'll be interesting in defenders if people give him a shot will he be the best maybe not but i think he's an interesting choice I completely agree. And that's, that's where I am. It's like, 
I think someone out there will be able to play him at a high enough level within that affiliation under Marvel Knights and be like, okay, this is cool. Like, like we're doing this now, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it, that's Blade. And for the record, we are doing a giveaway currently, and I am settling on the code word for this week, and it is going to be Blade Play because Blade does very much play in this current rebalance that we have here. So check out the Facebook page for the post. Make sure you comment on that. And then if you're listening to the podcast here, you can send me emails, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send me DMs on Discord. I'm at HPP underscore Will. And you can also send me messages on Facebook with these code words uh, at House Party Protocol. And yeah, we're going to do Blade Play as our secret code word for this week's episode. So, yeah. What do you think of that, Merzane? Uh, I wouldn't play around with it, but I mean, <laughs> I think it works. There you go. So our next character here and final character for today's episode, and the one I saved for last because whew, there's a lot on this one. Mm-hmm. So we have Hela, Queen of Hell, with her alter ego of Hela. So, Hella here is hella good now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, first up, let's let's kind of go over this in stages. Her basic stat line of uh, the the defenses, health values, all of that stuff stays exactly the same. Everything's exactly the same. However, there are a lot of changes to the attacks. There's a new superpower, all of this stuff. So let's just do this like a regular character review, Merzane. What do you think? Sure. All right. Let's do it. So you go over her attacks. I'll take the superpowers. Cool. So first up, we have Hellforged Blade, a physical five die attack. I'll go over the other thing in a second. Uh, after this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt and a wild bleed. The thing that changed is it went from a range two to a range three. Yes. So a range three five die builder is pretty far. That's what they did to Groot. Yep. Groot immediately became a little bit better because yeah. the sphere of influence increased. And that's really what it is, right? She's on that 50 millimeter base. So being able to build some power at a longer range, especially given the next couple of things we're going to talk about, makes a lot of sense. Yep. How do it's, you feel uh, about this change? I feel really good about it. Um, I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about, there's some awkward design in the changes. I want to reiterate, it's not a bad design and I like it. I think it's still good. It's just an awkward design with it. Um, but I think it's a really solid change. I think she needed this. Yeah. Uh, I played her a lot in Midnight Suns, just try before Bill. And um, God, it felt like she didn't do anything because you just never had anybody in range. You didn't want to move anybody up because she was squishy. Um, she was slow because she didn't have any ways to move out of activation or out of action, excuse me. Now she yeah. has a larger sphere of influence. That That's double her old attack range. People don't think about it sometimes, but two to three is double. Right. Uh, so it's pretty good. I think you really nailed on it right there. That's a weird way to say that. <laughs> when 
you you talk about how her play on the tabletop was always like this battle of range bands, right? Where like Claim Soul was and still is, spoiler alert, range four. But the reason for her being at range four, it's like you always wanted to claim soul because of, like you said, she's squishy. So you got to build up those souls, do all that stuff. And so trying to play at that range two always felt like a, a dance with death, if you will. And it was one of those things where for me, it never really kind of coalesced into a, a coherent play pattern other than just she's on a big base and she moves medium. So she's good at grabbing objectives. Mm-hmm. You know, and that didn't feel thematic for me. And so her sphere of influence, like you said, with Hellforged Blade going up, like if you've played a lot of Beast, this is the same range that like Beast operates with. Right. And I feel like that's a fair comparison in that if maybe you haven't played Hella or maybe you never even bought the Hella and Thor pack because they've just you know they're they're still fine characters but now i feel like this with hellforge blade is really nice but that's not the only change what's next the next is claim soul it is a range 4 6 die mystic attack that costs an amount of power uh after it's resolved if it deals damage she gets a captured soul token which we'll go over in a minute the change is this attack used to cost 2 and it now costs one. Love so, it. So before, one of the reasons she didn't do anything when you sat her in the back of the back of your, you know, field with an objective to hold it is she could do a claim soul and a move because she gets two power turn because she's a guardian. I'll spoil that. Um <laughs> we already know. <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. Um now she can do two. She gets two range four six die mystics that give her extra benefits if she hits. Yeah. That's really good. We I talked about funny enough, uh, we talked about her and shield uh on <laughs> our last cast with Vincent. And we were talking about just how good that is. Like that is so insane. Like you usually have to get a five threat to get a six die attack at like range two or three. And she's just a fourth threat slinging six time mystics. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Yeah. That you're exactly right. We cannot overstate how good a six dice attack is on a four threat character. So the only other character that has a either free or low costed six die attack that is a four threat character that I can think of is Gamora. Yep. And hers is range two. So, yep. This is, and that one's also physical, whereas this is mystic and range four. So you're safe, relatively speaking. You play on the right objective setup and you're just blasting people from range and those captured soul tokens, the functionality of them changes just a little bit now, but the most important thing is if she does get dazed, if she has three captured soul tokens, she just comes back to life. Mm-hmm. Period. So, and and can continue doing that as long as she has three captured soul tokens. 
Which so, it's possible to get three if she deals damage with two claimed souls and one of those days is someone. Exactly. You can get three in one activation. So it's one of those things where this is very strong and very likely to do a good bit of hurt. So. And I think to me, this is one of the most exciting changes. Like I, she is in a a unique spot with bill. Bill and her are two four threat characters that are medium bases, medium move that generate two power. So they can do the eyes on the prize plays on middle objectives for any affiliation or bump of the night plays in in midnight suns, which is where I was originally wanting to play her. Yeah. Now she has like, now she can test Bill a little bit for that slot. Bill is a good brawler and someone who wants to go in. So what was a really, it was, he was just a good character. So you got that, you did that play and now you have a good character. He's usually out of position because he's you know in the back. Yeah. Um, we, again, we talked about this with Vince a little bit and I, I agree. Um, now you have a character that can actually contribute at range to the fight consistently with the claim souls and the long range builder and spender. Um, she's got a couple other things that help her kind of mix it up a little bit, but being a solid gun platform that can do these safe mid grab plays is a really big deal. Uh, it really, it means you're not taxing yourself four points to get an early lead. It means you're actually taking a model that's going to contribute and taking a model uh, that isn't going to be like, you're just, just sitting on the back point. Yeah. Bill wants to be in the fight. But if you're doing this, if you're doing a midline grab, you don't want him sitting in the fight. You're doing it so he's safe. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think when, especially when we get to superpowers, Hella really supplants Bill for that like optimal midline grab because of something she gained, I think, you know, with the way power generation and all that stuff works out. So what's the, the final update on these attacks here? The final one is Reign of Hell. Oh, this one has two L's, so I think that's a flavor fail. Uh, <laughs> so Reign of Hell is a range three, seven die uh, physical attack. If the character is bleeding, it does not count wild results as successes. And it has a wild explosive, so characters within two, at, uh, before damage is dealt, they'll suffer one. Yeah, it's other the enemy changes, characters, yeah. Other enemy characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not friendlies, thankfully. Um, the change is it went from four power to three power. Yep. Which, just talk about access, man. Like, yeah, this was always, always a good attack. But now it's like it, the power cost matches what it does. Yes. So. And we talked about with Blade, right? Four to three would be kind of cool. We got that here. And it, it feels so much more accessible. That one little number change makes such a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same range as her Hellforged Blade. So there's a, a world where you're able to build that power, do the stuff, do this. You know, someone's not going to get to count wilds. So it's like, that's awesome. Well, maybe somebody that has wild tech, you know what I mean? can't now count those wilds. I think that's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. So, and she's also got the same thing that blades kind of got. She wants to set people up with a bleed on her main attack and then knock them down with the bleed on her build on her spender. And it's kind of cool that speaking on our midnight signs again, 
Uh, she also synergizes with him for that yeah. exact reason. Yeah. Uh, they both power each other up. Um, that's, I, I think that's really cool. I, I don't think reign of hell is going to be used the most. I think most of her power is going to go to claim soul and something else. Yep. Um, but it's a much more accessible option. Now it went from overcosted to fine. And when you have access to a spender, that's good. Like this, this is a good spender. Uh, I don't, I don't know the exact odds, but it does make your opponent, most opponents, only block one-fourth of the time rather than three-eighths of the time. Any yeah. amount of making your opponent's dice worse is perfect, or being better dice than your opponent anyway. Yeah, no, completely agree. So I absolutely love it. So she has some superpower stuff here. So the first one is one that doesn't change much. But there is a change in it. It is Army of Hell. It's active for zero power. Discard one or more captured soul tokens. During the next, and this is the change, Hellforged Blade or Reign of Hell attack made by this character this turn, add one die to its attack roll for each captured soul token that was discarded. If a captured soul token was discarded after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed special condition. This superpower can be used only once per turn. So what this is basically saying, the change is that you can't add this to claim soul anymore. So you can't just basically refund your captured soul that you use. But yeah. being able to trade in one or more, and she can hold up to three captured soul tokens for making Reign of Hell a 10-dice attack, making Hellforge Blade a potential 8-dice attack, hell yeah. Yes, and auto-bleeding to set up Reign of Hell or, again, in Midnight Suns because that's that's where my brain's at. I just I literally just played this today, uh, right before I got on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool with Blade. Yeah, um, yeah and I can see it. Like... It was kind of cheesy to do a two die or two power seven die mystic attack that refunded the token so you could do it again. But I would much rather have one power six die that I can spam to gain more tokens and make that more consistent on the other attacks. Um, and now there's like this really weird game of like, if someone's in range three, what am I shooting them with? Am I shooting them with more dice and hoping to kill them to get it back? Am I shooting with a claim soul? Cause it's just six dice for a power. Like, yeah. Uh, right. Or do I reign of hell them because they're bleeding and this is going to hurt? Like, she has three really solid options when she's already in range three of somebody. Exactly. And speaking of being in range three of somebody, we have a brand new superpower here, guys. It is an active superpower called Death's Embrace. It's going to cost her two power. Yes. Like, just... Yes, giving her something that costs two powers so she could do it every turn. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. so I don't even care what it does. The fact that she could just do it is the best. Okay. What does it do? Choose an enemy character within range three. Advance this character toward the target character short. Then, if this character is within range one of the chosen character, roll four dice. For each crit and wild in the result, the chosen character suffers one damage. For each damage suffered this way, 
this character may remove one damage. This superpower can be used only once per turn. Hot damn, Rezane, I love this superpower. It's a really cool superpower. This is so cool. Like So when I when I initially read this, I thought it was a bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I think it's cooler her. than a bow. Like it, it's it's cooler to me just because there's nothing in the game that works like this. Like exactly how this yeah. is worded. It's sort of like webline or something because it's not really charge. It's sort of like charge or webline. It's also sort of like a trap and it also heals you. It, it, there's a lot of interesting things going on with this. Yes. And one of the things that you have to think about is so within range three, if you use this and you move maximum distance short and they are maximum distance range three, correct me if I'm wrong, Merzane, you make it to range one. I meant to check that. I think that's true. It would make sense if it's true, but I, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm pretty um, sure you do because of her 50 millimeter base. I think I, I think it's true, but yeah, don't grain of salt. I would, yeah. I would try it. I would try it before I buy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Somebody double check that and let me know and send me a picture. And, and I will even be like, hey, look, I said this for the podcast. Look, here's the picture. Here's the proof. That kind of stuff. I'm cool with that. You know, but this is something that is really cool and unique. And if you think about this in context of how we talked about her attacks and stuff like that, like, yes, she already has to be within range three of somebody to do Death's Embrace. But think about it if, like, if you're right within range three, you are able to do Death's Embrace, maybe get a little bit of damage on them, heal yourself a little bit if you already have been damaged, or you can take it, you know, one step at a time. Cool, I'm going to Hellforge Blade you. Oh, you only have one health left? Well, let me Death's Embrace. I'm going to come in and get over on this point, and then maybe you're holding an objective, and I can kill you with a Death's Embrace, which you don't get to roll defense dice for, and then now I get to take your point, and I saved a little bit of power maybe, or, or something. I don't know. Like there's to me, there's like a lot of different machinations that you can do with this and her attack suite. And I just, I really love it. Yeah. Uh, this is the one thing I, I was saying is sort of a little bit clunky because it feels like it's doing a lot of things at once, but I'm not sure other than it being like really cool and flavorful, what they're going for. Cause it feels like they wanted to be a charge, but it's not because if she's in range three, she can already hit them. Yeah, uh, it feels like it wants to be traps, but it's not. She has to kind of put herself in danger and out of position to get it. Um, now, granted, again, I think it's fantastic. I think it can do a lot of interesting things for her. it can put her in a better position if she's out of position. Um, it can do some extra damage. It can heal her. Uh, there's a lot of options for it. I think the range three is a little unnecessary. I don't know why they did it. But yeah, that's my one gripe with her kit is that if it was range four or five or no range, it probably would have felt better. Yeah, uh, I just I just did an experiment, by the way. You do get within range one on an open field if you yes. embrace it max range. Yes. Cool. That's what I thought. So I think that the idea of them trying to make it a charge, like I think that's literally what this was originally meant to be, probably. And they were like, "Ooh, man. Just Death's Embrace for two power, and then 
getting, you know, like if you're out of, let's say, range four of somebody, you Death's Embrace, and you can potentially get to within range three of them to Hellforge Blade, Reign of Hell, whatever. You want to spend your power on Claim Soul, whatever. I think that, that they felt like maybe that was a little too strong, and like having the requirement of her being within three of somebody already, I can see that kind of like being a cap because as I read this this card here and I, I think about, you know, fours across the board on defense, no defensive tech, but fours across the board on defense, the amount of dice that she can throw out with Army of Hell and the Asgardian part and the Goddess of Death part of her kit do not change. And I want to reiterate on Goddess of Death, any time a character is dazed or KO'd, she gets one of these captured soul tokens. In my experience with her, and you can maybe speak to this too, Merzane, there is no reason not to be burning those things for Army of Hell as fast as you get them. Depends on the matchup and where she's sitting, but um, I feel like you want to get to three before you spend any. Fair. And then you want to start making making decisions about where do you spend them. That's fair. Because once you're at three and you can maintain three, you're in a good spot. You're, you're exactly where she wants to be. Right, right. Yeah, you definitely don't want her to uh, be dazed and wake up with none of them and then not have priority. That'd be a bad day at the office for Hella. <laughs> yes. But... I, I think it's one of those things, like you said, once once you're kind of train rolling and if you put her in a fairly killy affiliation or with a fairly killy squad, uh, and oh my, if you're playing against grunts, just just do the old meme where the guy's like behind the tree rubbing his hands and licking his lips. <laughs> just just live your truth. <laughs> I mean, like you're going to be having Some a Some people will day. get that. Yeah, someone someone out there does. I don't, but... I'm you are already kidding. dead. There you go. And then on her injured side, she loses the Death's Embrace superpower, which definitely hurts, and gains Queen of Hell, where if she has three, she can remove them all, and then she's not KO'd. So, yeah. I, I love this, dude. I think Hela got the glow-up of glow-ups. In my humble opinion. Yeah, I, I think she went from borderline unplayable. Uh, like even Asgard wouldn't look at her to now she's like, I considered as she could be a splash. Like, and maybe she's still not a big of Asgard player. Like that's fine. Um, but I think a lot of affiliations are going to like bring her toolkit. Midnight Suns. I think she's going to, Pop off in Midnight Suns. I think she's so good. Um, oh, yeah. I I think she might be an interesting choice in Convocation. I was talking about that with uh, the local I played with. She's She's got a six-time Mystic. Yep. Uh, she would love the bump from them. Um, you know, she doesn't get anything from the books, but she's got that physical beat stick that they really like to have on a big base. Yeah. Um, and something, something I thought about in... Um, for Midnight Suns, if she's within range four of somebody to do claim souls, you're a bump away from being within range three to do a death's embrace. Yep. I don't think you can do it at range five. That may be pushing it. Yeah. I'm, but, not, I'm not sure, but yeah, that makes sense. But you've got a lot, a lot of room to get in range of that ability. 
And once you're in range, once you're in range four in Midnight Suns, you're in range to do everything she wants to do. Yeah, everything. And that's a pretty, pretty far cry from how she used to be. Yeah, I completely agree. I think she's really strong in Midnight Suns right now. Like there's a non-zero chance I would I would play some kind of crazy list. I say crazy. I think it's perfectly reasonable of like Blade, Hella, and then Immortal Hulk. And and then season to taste, and just be happy. I I I played fifteen on Gamma Montesi, and I almost played that. I pl- almost played her, I Hulk and uh, Blade, but I ended up taking, uh, what's his name, Iron Fist, hmm. uh, two eyes. It was really confusing me. Iron <laughs> Fist and Voodoo because I wanted to try new Voodoo. Yeah, and it felt pretty good. Um, it was quite strong yeah very very strong I, this is not the conversation for total midnight suns discussions however every single time that i have had old danny rand the iron fist himself on the board he just gets deleted so fast i can't keep that man alive you know is what it is it happens you just gotta uh roll better <laughs> Roll better. Yes. Just just talk to the dice ahead of time and say, hey, guys, we're going to roll blocks or blanks on this defense roll, not hits. That's what I got to tell them, because that's what always happens. It's like, okay, cool. I'm counting blanks. Hit, hit, hit. (laughs) Yeah. Mine also gets that mixed up. All of his attacks roll blanks and all of his blocks roll hits. Yeah. It's weird how it's it's like that sometimes. I think it's just a Danny Rand problem. You know, it's because of the show. Really, it's they, they're like, you know, the model's going to pay the penance for the show. I guess so. <laughs> so I am Danny Rand. I am the immortal Iron Fist. Yeah. Dude, how cool would it be if we got like another version of Iron Fist that's the immortal Iron Fist? Like, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Like, can we, AMG, you're bringing us Shang-Chi. So, like, I'm super here for it. But can you, can you also like give us a new version of Iron Fist? Cause, yeah, it'd be cool. I, I w- I wouldn't mind a version where he didn't have the bandana on. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm a bandana iron fist guy. I would love one where he's, he doesn't have the bandana on and he's just got his fist. Like he's just standing there in like a ready pose with his fist glowing in front of him. Mm. So you can get these really cool, like OSL stuff like from his hand. That'd be really cool. Yeah. I want the big, like the, the big wings or like collar, the collar wings, you know? Oh God. Yeah. Like, give me, give me full 70s Danny Rand nonsense. So, anyways, to finish talking about Hella and to kind of put a bow on this show, I do want to bring up something from a while back called Doomed Prophecy. So, it is an Asgard-affiliated reactive card. It was all the rage a while back, and it even got to the restricted list and all that stuff. They changed it to where it was Asgard-affiliated instead of unaffiliated. Thank goodness. But yes. I think Hella is an interesting candidate for Doom Prophecy. So what does Doom Prophecy do for those of you that might be driving and don't remember what this does? At the start of the activation phase, an allied Asgard character may spend three power to play this card. This character cannot roll defense dice against physical attacks for the rest of the game. Additionally, this character adds dice to its physical attacks equal to its physical defense until the cleanup phase. 
So why do I think this is interesting? So first of all, physical defense for the rest of the game, gone. This is not something to play necessarily early, but, you know, it's here. Also, being able to add, in Hella's case, four physical defense to Hellforge Blade or Reign of Hell, combining that with potential to spend Captured Soul tokens means if you have priority, don't play this if you don't have priority on Hella. Let me just go ahead and say that. But, Please don't. But... Unless you're playing an opponent that literally has no physical attacks, then have at it. Play it at your leisure. <laughs> but anyways, being able to roll a 9, potentially 12 dice attack. You see, I did that math real in my head right there. You, you heard that, that pause mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. Hellforge Blade. Or a 11, potentially 14 die attack Reign of Hell. I mean, that sounds pretty spicy. And I want to layer this onto, even if you don't spend the soul tokens, which I think you should spend at least one, because as long as you're not attacking some like an immortal Hulk that is fully healthy, you should kill most stuff. So you yeah. should get one back. Uh, 12 die builders probably kill things. Yeah. 14 die uh rain of hells probably kill people. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, if you're playing Asgard, I think Doom Prophecy is gonna be in vogue again. And I think Hella is the prime target for it. Because I just I and again, if you're not if you're only spending one token and let's say you're on your injured side, cool. You've got three tokens, three of your claimed soul tokens. Well, good luck killing her. Yep. She becomes exceptionally safe, uh, safer than pretty much any of the other ones, especially with stuff like Odin's Blessing. Exactly. Uh, and then the Asgard leadership being able to like help her heal a little bit. And if you do it on her front side, she's got Death's Embrace to help her heal a little bit too. I uh, kind of like it. Yeah. I think it's, I definitely think if you need to like absolutely slap the shit out of somebody, <laughs> it's an option. Yeah. It's sort of like your, it's sort of like your own personal, uh, we've got Helios laser at home. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We brought a Helios, like a Helios laser. Yeah. Mom, can we get a Helios laser? No, we have a Helios laser at home. Oh, darn it. It's like Kirkland brand Helios. It's a great value, Helios. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's probably more cute than good, if I'm being honest. In just like, but in my head, like to me, she seems like the safest character to do that on. Uh, maybe, probably, um, especially because she can like then retreat and sit back and just lob shots at people for the rest of the game. Right. So you can get like a big turn and then just go. Oh, that was cool. Well, I'm just going to come back here now. Uh, right. Bye. Bye. Uh, she definitely talks like that. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yas, queen. Yas. Yeah. Uh, but I I think it's definitely, like, again, she's now in the conversation. Doom Prophecy will always be the who's the better Doom Prophecy target. I think she is 
also in the running. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So better than Thor. Oh, yeah, definitely better than Thor. Uh so so yeah. Merzane, I think that's all I've got for Hela. I mean, I think she's she's a really a tuned up fun character now. Like previously she was wonky. And there's still that bit of wonkiness. I mean, she's a weird character. Like, just look at her picture here. This is a weird character. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I I like what they did. And I think giving her what is functionally a charge, if she's within range three of people, sure, that little caveat, it was functionally a charge. And, and giving her attacks some range. I mean, you know, in the movie, again, we're relating to the movie here, I guess, she's throwing these blades at people. She's not just standing there swinging them the whole time. She's like throwing them and making them appear, you know? So, I like it. Yeah, I'm all for, uh, I'm all for Hella throwing swords at people. Yeah, 10 inch swords. Yes, as long <laughs> as possible. As long as possible. So, Merzane, with that, where can people find you? People can find me at the Gamers Guild podcast, where uh, I talk about Marvel Crisis Protocol. Usually. Usually, amongst other things, when we let you out of the dungeons, you or do you broadcast from the dungeon? Uh, I have to sneak out. I'm mm. not going to tell you how mm. because you'll stop it. All right. Well, we're going to have to shore up our defenses. But anyways, thank you very much for being with me today, Merzane Suits. Thank you for listening. I know it feels like we went through this stuff kind of briskly today, but other than Hella, the other changes weren't as massive, like especially with Blade. But I do think that there are nuances to all of these changes and to each of these characters that you as players can exploit. And that's why I like taking the time to address each thing kind of on its own and let it have its own merit. So Suits, thank you for being here with us today. I really appreciate it. I know Merzane likes getting the fresh air. So it's it's really wonderful. And if you like what we did here, make sure to leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. Five stars, always appreciated. And we also have a feedback section on the House Party Protocol Discord page. So if you're listening and you're a member of our Discord page over there, let me know how you like this episode. Let me know how you like the format of our changes glow-up episodes. If there's something I need to change, something you'd rather see me do, would you rather me just rapid-fire the changes or do you like the more measured deep dive explorations of what these changes mean for these characters. These are the things I want to know. And if you're not on our Discord page, two things, why the heck not? And two, you should come on over because it's the best place on the internet and I love it so much and everyone over there is amazing and like it's pretty self-sustaining at this point and I love it. Like everyone over there is awesome. It is the chillest, illest, realest place on the internet. And if you want to know how to be part of this amazing community, you can check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. And that's probably the reason why some of you aren't over there already. It's as little as a dollar a month or 12 bucks a year. You get to come and hang out in this awesome place. Talk Marvel Crisis Protocol. Talk Marvel Snap. Talk Baldur's Gate 3. Talk all kinds of stuff. Literally all kinds of stuff in the conversation over there. Talk about painting models. We talk about Shatterpoint. 
you know, just we played Among Us. Oh my gosh, yeah. I was about to say we just this over the weekend we played Among Us. Yeah, we had like a what, 12 or 15 people in there playing Among Us. Like it was awesome. It was so much fun. And it's something that we're going to do more often, stuff like that, you know, because at the end of the day, it's not just this podcast. It is a community. And those of you out there listening, whether you're a part of that discord or not, are a part of that community. And I really appreciate that. And, you know, Merzane uh, just got his jersey. What did you think of it, bud? I like it. I'm wearing it right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. The jerseys are going out. I'm really excited to see those out in the wild. If you see someone in a house party protocol jersey, you can't miss it. It's pretty loud. Uh, so it's real loud. <laughs> t- tag us in a picture or something like that. That'd be great. So, um, yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love. I love this so much. Thank you all so much. And don't forget to check out the giveaway. It's the last thing I'm going to say. Blade play is our secret code word. Blade play. So blade. B-L-A-D-E, play, P-L-A-Y. <laughs> I've, I've had it starts people, sounding like Beyblade after a while, I'm not going to lie. It does, exactly, which is why it's freaking me out when I keep saying it. But that's, that's I've had people be like, what did you say? I think it was this. And it's just, it's always fun. I love these secret code words. Send them to me, Facebook, email, housepartyprotocolpod.gmail.com, Discord, all that stuff. And uh, Merzane, you got anything else? Uh... No, other than you're sus. I'm super not sus. I did super sus. I did have an amazing round as the intruder. Uh, you you mean the one where I said, "Hey guys, it can literally only be Will," and then got voted out for it? Uh, yeah, because people know that I would never do such a thing, even though I killed everyone. <laughs> You actually killed everyone except me who everyone else killed. Yeah, and I also made sure to get Leland voted out too because everybody thought it was Leland. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to kill Leland even though I had an opportunity to just because everybody was already on him. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, that was a that was a fun time. I'm really excited time. for the next one. It's a great time. So yeah, party on, Merzade. Party on, Will. And power down, Suits. Suits.